This week's episode is sponsored by AdamandEve.com, where you can use the code MUSICAL at checkout and get 50% off one item and free shipping in the U.S. and Canada, but some exclusions apply. Adam and Eve has been in business for almost 50 years, offers 90-day no-hassle returns, discreet shipping, and 20% of their profit goes to help fight the spread of HIV around the world. So again, use code MUSICAL for 50% off one item and free shipping in the U.S. and Canada. All right, everyone, welcome to the Musical Splaining podcast. I am your host, and goblin mode hunched over over the way common iPad illustrator person Kavitaharian. And I am is it technically goblin mode if you're always in that mode? Uh, <laughs> uh, proprietor Angelina Meehan. I've been trying to finish this second Permafriends book for San Diego Comic Con, so I'm just like sure, this, like yeah, yeah, like all day long. Yeah, I'm. Uh, it's changing my body physically. Yeah, so. your shoulders are like up to your ears right now. Basically, yeah, yeah, it just keeps going over up and up and up again. But I'm glad here to be here today because I get to take a break, and we're talking about a movie, musical, many things. Yes. Uh, hairspray. Hairspray. Yeah. Specifically, we're talking about the uh, 2008 movie adaptation of it. Which yeah, is, I was like, there's like 35 different versions of it. <laughs> right, right exactly. Uh, it's a very well-loved thing. It, it, we just had an NBC, not we just had, but time means nothing. But like in 2016, there was like an <laughs> NBC all-star like production just of like, it. Just like, you know, yeah. six years ago. No big deal. It's, yeah. It's like yesterday. Yeah, exactly. I blinked and I was uh, in high school and now I am here just like, you know, weighing the pros and cons of starting Depends. <laughs> I don't know much about Hairspray at all. I think I just know that there was... Is this the same movie with John Travolta in, like, the... Yes, yes. The, like, nutty professor, like, fat suit yes. thing that he's... Is he doing, like, multiple roles, or is he just doing, like, one role? He's just doing one role in this, but... Uh, so you've never okay. seen the John Waters 1988 movie. You know, I have to say, I feel like... Uh, speak, we were just talking before we started recording about random memories popping up, being sparked by a conversation. I feel like I watched like the first 10 minutes of it when I was sure. like nine years old when it was on television. Yeah, it was it was one of those and movies. And being very confused by it and being like, oh, this is not appropriate. As, as has been a theme for us, I was like, this is inappropriate for my age. Sure. And yet I'm still <laughs> seeing it. But I, I don't know anything that happened to it. But I do remember feeling like I found out that it was the movie Hairspray. Sure. And I didn't know anything about it. And that's John Waters, yes. I think, right? Yes, it's John okay. Waters in 1990, uh, 1988. So it's post, you know, Pink Flamingos and Female mm. Troubles. And um, I it was one of those movies that definitely in the 90s was on TBS, like all the time. And I remember watching it for the first time at my friend Sarah Hall's house in like fourth grade mm. after a sleepover. And I remember just thinking, what the fuck is this movie? Like, um, <laughs> cause it's, it was just like one of the weirdest things I'd ever seen. And then like, as I got mm -hmm. older, I got really into like things that John Waters definitely had yeah. an influence on. Like I loved strangers with candy. As one should. Yes. yes yeah. <laughs> like I love strangers with candy. I love anything that kind of like skewered into like weird campy, um, trash as trash. he likes to put it. Right. Yes. Yeah. Like I love, yeah, like he always it, talks about being trashy and just like disgusting and yeah. vile. And that's yeah. like his form of kind of anarchy. 
rebellion. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Also has a great episode of the Simpsons that he's on. Absolutely. That's where I remember him from initially, where he essentially plays himself right. without playing himself, which right. is what's really funny. Yeah. Oh, that's such a great episode. I love that one. But uh, yeah, like I, I got really into John Waters in like high school. So like I loved Pink Flamingos. I loved Female Troubles. And I, I really loved this movie, which is like, I think the only PG movie he's ever made, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's an interesting choice. Have you ever seen um, any of his movies? Yes, I've seen most of Pink Flamingos. Okay, okay. But, oh. you know, famously for the the nibbling on dog shit. Part yeah, of it. yeah. Uh. <laughs> so you know, who better than to uh, you know base a musical on than than a John Waters uh, property? Oh, so it was originally the John Waters movie that became a musical. Yes, yes, yeah. Oh, so the movie came out in 1988, and then this came out in uh, it debuted in Broadway. Um, had its Broadway debut in 2002. So, oh, yeah. okay. I thought it was the other way around for some reason. I thought it was a musical that John Waters made an adaptation of. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah, no, but it's it's one of those things like it lends itself so well to musical theater that it was just kind of like it seemed like a natural thing. And for me, mm-hmm. like, you know, there, there's a lot of people that criticize, you know, Blank the Musical as a concept. Like we're like mm-hmm. getting the Adams Family the musical or, you yeah, know, yeah, Beetlejuice yeah. the musical. Or, and like they say, you know, it's, it's a degrading of, 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 I guess, the art form. But the fact mm-hmm. of the matter is that most Broadway shows since the art form became popular are based on pre-existing materials. But this to me, the show and the producers, they both came out like in the same couple of years. And to me, they are what launched like the movie, the musical like sensation that really, really for me took over like the two thousands and the two thousands. Yeah. And I, and I think, I think they're both great musicals and everything else is just kind of a pale imitation of, of that. But like, to me, they launched this and I have this very, a uh, very crystal clear memory of telling my mom I liked musical theater and well, she already knew I didn't have to tell like that's like right. telling people She's like, yeah no shit yeah fucking <laughs> duh bitch um, but like I remember like because I had already gotten into like um, heavily into like Phantom and Les Mis it was, it was like a couple years after that and I remember mm-hmm. telling my mom like I really like musicals and one day she just did this very nice thing where she came home and she gave me a copy of the Hairspray uh, Broadway cast recording that had just come out uh, mm-hmm. the producers and Carol King's tapestry. And so okay. like, like I listened to them it. for a good chunk of 10th grade ba- back in the day where that was a big deal when you had like a fuck. It just, it's again, hearing you explain that story is weird. It's just like, Oh yeah, I forgot we, we didn't stream everything all the time. You have to get a fucking record that someone would actually give it to you or go buy it. And that's right. all you could listen to was the CD or the tape or right. how old you are. Right. Exactly. Yes. And it's like I, I only had like an allowance. I didn't have a job. So like you had a finite number of CDs you could listen to, you know, at the time. Unless so. you did that whole fucking what was it where you could like oh, sign kazaa? up for like. No, no, oh, no. The oh, one where oh, you would sign up for like one CD and they would send you like music. five for free. Yeah. Like Tower Music. <laughs> yes, PMG, yes, yes. I think I like, had one, too. Yeah. There was an interesting article about how that fucking thing worked where like they were just printing stuff for themselves. So they like had no cost. So I have very fun memories of it because it was just like one of those like things and I did eventually see it towards the end of its uh, Broadway run it closed in 2009 mm-hmm. I believe and um mm-hmm. had a great time watching it like <laughs> like it's a okay. it's a it's a very fun show in my opinion um not not without its criticisms but I I still you know I'm like I was watching the 2003 uh Tony Award performance right before I got onto this call just to mm-hmm. you know look at it again and as it's one, one of those does. shows yeah as you do I just <laughs> sit on, does no. on a Friday morning I, I can't even fucking joke like all I do is watch Broadway videos on YouTube like it's disgusting if you look at my history playlist I don't even want to tell you the amount of just videos I've had of just this version of music and, of the and night Angie, from it's for work that's what it's for right, that's why exactly. it's, it's part of your job Exactly. I put this on my resume. I'm really good at watching uh, bootlegs of Phantom of the Opera. 
uh, putting that on my LinkedIn. But uh, yeah, uh, a, a huge, a huge immense fondness uh, for this show. And I uh, watching the 2003 Tony performance, as I was saying, you just see like, oh, fuck, this was destined to be a hit. Like you just look at it, it has like that okay. energy and you're just like, well, OK, OK. Um, I haven't seen this film since it came out. Uh, this film version now, of it was so, the original. Was the film a musical, or the film was just a film that they made it into a musical? It was just a film, and they made it into a musical. Dancing is gotcha. a huge part of it. Um, okay. So, like, it, as when we get to the plot summary, you'll see why. But like, um, yeah, it was just a film that just had a lot of dancing in it, not actual song numbers. Um, mm. He did go on to do Cry Baby, which was a musical. Oh. Oh, that's true. Yeah, you're right. Um, Just that my my eyes just lit up right now thinking about that show. Um, But uh, yeah, this was this is um, the the, the stage musical is the first proper musical. Proper. Okay, let's get into the notice. Uh, Hairspray is a 2007 American musical comedy film directed by Adam Shankman based on the 2002 Broadway musical of the same name, which in turn was based on the 1988 John Waters film. Few parentheses. Uh, I imagine <laughs> we talked about this during the Rock of Ages episode where this was uh, the director's previous film that yes. Tom Cruise's daughter, I guess it was Sari Cruise, was obsessed with this version of Hairspray specifically, which caused him to do singing into the butthole Rock of Ages. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, and it stars John Travolta, uh, which uh, I don't know. <laughs> Another famous speculate. Scientologist. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I'm just like, all of them are getting in on the Adam Shankman uh, musical universe here. But yes, <laughs> it's that Adam Shankman. So, we, so it's already got, you know, it's uh, reputation is set for it in that it's, sure. it's, it's, it's uh, allowed other things to happen. The film yeah. features an ensemble cast with names like John Travolta, Michelle Pfeiffer, Queen Latifah, Christopher Walken, Amanda Bynes, James Marsden, Allison Janney, and Nikki Blonsky making her film debut as Tracy Turnblad. The original stage musical features music by Mark Shaman and lyrics by Mark Shaman and Scott Whitman with a book by Mark O'Donnell and Thomas Meehan. Yes. Not Angie's dad. Is it Not the same Thomas dad. Meehan from Angie? Or from, uh, from Angie. From Angie. <laughs> Just say it. That's what you're thinking. I am, I'm, I'm wearing a red dress again today, too. So just go ahead and fucking say it. I know what you think oh of me. God. OK, oh, that was the biggest Freudian slip ever. Oh, man. But yes, that is the same Thomas me. And he also wrote the book for the stage version of the producers. So he he he, he got around. He passed away a few years All ago, right. but um, he's, he's had a pretty illustrious book writing career. And uh, Mark Shaman, if you know him from anything, um, if you've seen uh, South Park, Bigger, Longer and Uncut or mm-hmm. um. Uh, Team America World Police. He is the frequent collaborator with Trey Parker on music in in Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, so, you know, he wrote Blame Canada with Trey Parker. I'm getting the sense that this is a very fun, funny musical of some sort. Yes, yes, yes. Set in Baltimore, Maryland in 1962, Hairspay revolves around the plucky, overweight teenager Tracy Turnblad who dreams of one day starring on the local dance television program The Corny Collins Show. Wait, Mm -hmm. is this the role that fucking... John Travolta plays? No, 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 no. Oh, yeah, no. okay. Um, <laughs> after managing <laughs> to earn a spot in the cast and the romantic attention of its heartthrob star, Link, from Zelda? but or no, <laughs> I know, I know. The Link will... <laughs> yeah, he's, it's a non-speaking yeah. role. <laughs> uh, Tracy's newfound local celebrity takes her in an unexpected direction when she inadvertently becomes involved in the movement to, dis, uh, to desegregate the Corny Collins show. Oh, okay. So it's set yeah. during... Uh, all right. Yeah, so- uh, squaring up against a controlling and racist producer. I was like, this just got serious. Yeah. Uh, who's <laughs> equally. Da- I was like, uh, whoa. Uh, yeah. Who's equal, equally daughter, snotty Amber. Oh, oh equally, equally snotty, snotty daughter. daughter. Yeah. 
It's okay. We we all make mistakes. Uh, Serves as our hero's rival. Will Tracy and her friends manage to bring the Corny Collins show into the 20th century? All this and more in Hairspray. Hairspray. Yes. Um, Production. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, no, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay, production for Hairspray began in 2004, two years after the wildly successful Broadway show debuted and subsequently won eight Tony Awards, including Best Musical. Its success on the stage managed to transfer to film, where it earned over $200 million at the box office against a budget of 75 mil. It is the 12th highest grossing musical film of all time. That's pretty wild. Yeah. 200 yeah. million. Yeah, it was like it was released too, like in the summer. So it was like definitely like that kind of like summer. I remember all my like college musical friends and I were very excited to go and see it um, after like, you know, getting our exams done. And it went up against like a Harry Potter movie, too. So it did like pretty well for itself. Like they opened, I think it was like the Deathly Hollows, or I think that part one that came out and it managed to somehow still be number three. Jesus, has it already been that long since those ones came out? Yeah, yeah. We're fucking old. I'm sorry. We're yeah. fucking old. Time passes us by. Uh, what yeah. did uh, what, maybe we'll get into this in the second half? But just out yeah. of curiosity, what did uh, what was John Waters' take on the musical and in the film and all that? Was he a big oh, fan of it, um, or was he just so like, honored? The, the the original producer of the stage show, um, God, her name is escaping me right now. Really liked it and wanted to make it into a show after kind of like thinking of titles that already existed that would work really well. And John Waters was like fully on board. He like gave his blessing and like, he actually shows up in this movie too. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He seems very like supportive of it. Um, It's, it's interesting to me because uh, the, the 88 movie, um, and I do recommend watching it just because it's it's an interesting movie. I'm sort of inclined to watch it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Also just as a point of comparison, like, uh, but uh, uh, the 88 movie is definitely like, even though it's PG John Waters, it's still very much John Waters. The Mm -hmm. Broadway show is uh, a little bit more sanitized, but still pretty fun and a little like Weird. Weird. And then the 2007 version, they, they they brought in somebody to like clean it up as best as they could. But I still think this is a fun movie, but it is like the distillation of John Waters. But he's like, yeah, been very supportive of it. Yeah, it's, it's, it is like a nice thing where like this 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 artist is very like supportive of, of this work being made into something bigger than what it originally was. And, uh, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm like, it's still which really I always fun. like when people do that, too, because I feel like. You know, the things that have been most interesting that I've seen, obviously not necessarily musicals, but, you know, films or books Mm -hmm. or whatever, comics, whatever gets made. Mm -hmm. I think your job when you're the person who's sort of made it originally, whatever the original form of it was, is to just Mm -hmm. be like, here's another person that's going to do it. Hopefully it's somebody who's talented and say, I trust you to do whatever that you feel is best. If you try and control it, I feel like it just ends up being like this weird thing where you're trying to gain the approval of the person who made it instead of like making something original. And that's how you really give something life yeah. is by being able to have it evolve and become its own thing in each medium. Yes. Yes. I 100% agree with that. And just even thinking about like how much films and TV are saturated by remakes or reboots of stuff, you can see mm-hmm. <laughs> where that like spirit ex- excels in certain things and where mm-hmm. it is just, it's just, we got to shit this one out. So, to make some money. <laughs> Um, and again, like, yeah, watching that 2003 Tony Award performance, you could just see like just so much like good energy coming off of that show that it's mm-hmm. just like, it's nice to see. And then in 2003, what are we, we're, we're like in the world of what Mamma Mia, I think is the other big one. That's Mamma Mia, the producers, like, uh, this is just right before Spamalot hits. So it's, it's just like literally like the peak of like the movie, the musical. Yeah. yeah so, but yeah, yeah Mamma Mia. Uh, the producers are kind of like the biggest shows right now. We're kind of at the tail end of like, gosh, that was when I remember seeing 
Les Mis toward the end of its Broadway run. Like, I only brought up Les Mis just because, like, this does feel like a transitionary period in Broadway mm-hmm. history, like the early 2000s. And definitely, I, you know, Mamma Mia is part of that. And I think, you know, a lot of that is just kind of being over the big 80s, 90s, like epic Boublier and Schoenberg musicals or Angela Lloyd Webber musicals. I'm looking for something that is one funny because we're going through a very weird period in history. Yeah. Uh, but two, just like kind of like growing out of a, of a trend that had dominated uh, Broadway for a while. Random question that's just sort of tangentially related is, do you think, can you think of like one of the musicals from that era that sort of embodies the time? Because coming again, I, we come from, or I guess I come from the film world. Like the film world is so dark sure. <laughs> yeah. at that period of time. Like you think about the movies that were really big. Sure. In that sort of the Bush era slash, you know, pre 2008 crash. It's like, you know, no country for old men. And, sure, uh, sure. What is it? There will be blood. Right, right, right. Mixed. It's like it's like this obsession with that. But it seems like Broadway kind of goes the other way. Yeah, uh, I think at least initially. No, I'd agree. Honestly, like when I think of like what exemplifies peer musical uh, musicals of this time, honestly, Hairspray. Mm-hmm. Like Hairspray. OK. I Hairspray and the producers like that, that that to me are like what defined this period of of Broadway. Mm-hmm. Like just, yeah, these big, fun, high energy comedy shows. Escapism kind of. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like uh, Avenue Q won over uh, Wicked for best show. So I think people are just looking right, for right. comedy, something to, to laugh at. I haven't seen this movie in a while, but I remember it being pretty fun. There's some some fun performances in it. And uh, you can tell they at least like the material that they're working with. So that's good. Hey, yeah. if it's good enough yeah. for Tom Cruise, it's good enough for us. Yeah, it's been a very uh, heavy week. So I think this will be a very fun watch. Um, yeah, too. we're so. going back to uh, 2002 now. We're just like, hey, yeah. everything's awful. Let's watch a musical that will make us laugh again. Yeah, I just hope it's a it's a fun time to be had. And okay, I'm just so excited because you've never seen the original Hairspray, but there's going to be so much to talk about after that. But anyway. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Uh, all right, guys, we're going to go check it out and come back and discuss our thoughts. And maybe I'll put out a little hairspray on my bald spot and see if oh, it does anything. Maybe, I'm just going to eat a whole can of hairspray. <laughs> yeah, on, I'm just going to go spray Aquanet into the air. Just say, yeah. fuck it. <laughs> I'm going to fart into a spray of hairspray. <laughs> we'll see how it works. Uh, until then. We'll let you know. And we're back. Hey, Kava, welcome 2022. Back in 2022. I love it. Yes. Because we get to watch Hairspray and be like, man, this is a story about things that are totally not still happening today. Right. <laughs> totally irrelevant. Definitely not. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Post-racial America. These are all problems from the past. We fixed it all. We fixed we it fixed all. It. We fixed it. It's all fixed. Yeah. It was definitely not depressing watching this. No, right, right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, you're just kind of like, ooh. Um, but yeah, hairspray. Um, hairspray. Hairspray. So I, I did watch both versions, by the way. I got. I made a point to watch them, which I was very happy that I did. Sure, sure. I feel like this will lead to an interesting discussion. Yeah, yeah. For sure. I also um, watched the 1988 uh, Hairspray and the 2007 one. Uh, yes. Just I did and, not watch Hairspray live, though. Just those two are the ones I watched. Sure, did you go sure. back and watch live as well? I, I did watch a little bit of Hairspray live for this, but um, OK, I did not finish it. So <laughs> OK, so real quick, let's just let's blast through the summary so we can because I feel like we'll have a lot to talk about. Sure, so, sure, sure. Uh, Hairspray is the story in, in the, the movie and the musical movie are slightly different. Yeah. Structurally. But the loose story is it's it's about a teenager named Tracy living in. 
Baltimore in the 19th, I don't know, what is it? 1962. Yeah, I believe it's the exact year. It's 1962. Yes. She's this typical plucky teenager who um, uh, loves watching the, what is it? The Corny Collins show on television. The Corny Collins show, yeah. Which is like, um, it's like a Bunny Dean type American Bandstand type uh, daily TV show where they just play hit music and it's It's the TRL of its day, which is already a daily reference. but. Yeah, no, it's very funny because like, yeah, this is like deeply based on, yeah, the Buddy Dean show, which John Waters was a huge fan mm-hmm. growing up about um, yeah. and the the uh, the uh, desegregation controversies around that show. And also just kind of like it's very funny because it was also a com- competitor with American Bandstand, which is a huge mm-hmm. as a Philadelphia person, part of like our musical legacy. So I'm like, yeah. ah, so I've always like gravitated towards the subject matter in, in terms of that. But yes, yeah, so it's, it's the Corny Collins show, um, which is being produced or the station manager who runs it is this woman named um, Velma Von Tussle, who mm-hmm. was the former Miss Baltimore Crabs, and she is basically uh, <laughs> a racist asshole. Uh, yeah. Meanwhile, Corny Collins uh, wants to desegregate the show. Yeah. So that's like kind of like the premise of everything, setting it up. Yeah. And Tracy is uh, like her dream is to like be on the show. She's obsessed with it, but she's tiny and she's overweight. She's fat. And so they're yeah. like, well, you're never going to be on the show. You're just like a short fat girl. Like we, that, right. there's no place for you to be on TV. She lives with her mother, who's played by Divine, uh, of course, yes. uh, Harris Milstead uh, in drag. And her husband and her, her dad is fucking Jerry Stiller. <laughs> Jerry Stiller. Yeah. Yeah. And he's so good in it, too. Like, oh my I, was God, just I love like, Jerry oh. Stiller. Jerry Stiller is so, so much fun. But yeah, and they, yeah. they um, live above a prop comic shop. Yeah, <laughs> which, yeah, yeah. Which my favorite line is Jerry Stiller coming up. I, I, I guess we'll get to it, but he's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in the middle of a sale of $2.34 so, silly so, putty and I came upstairs yeah. to watch this. It's a perfect yeah. Jerry Stiller delivery. Tracy and her best friend. Um, her name's escaping me right now. Penny Pinkleton. Penny Pinkleton, right. Uh, yeah. Penny, her and Penny are like, they love this show. They want to be on it. Yeah. And then. Somehow she gets an opportunity to go audition for it. Uh, yeah, Tracy in the does. Musical, and, yeah, in the, mus- in the musical versions, they hold an audition. In, yeah. in the John Waters film, she just goes to the studio. She just goes to the studio and she gets, and, yeah. they, and she charms everybody more than yeah. like all the other people that were, you know, quote unquote, like conventionally attractive or whatever. But yeah. they're like, but she's got much more personality. She's great on camera. Like, yeah. She's she quick. She's dance. bored. She's got it. Whatever she, the it yeah, quality she, is, Tracy's got it. Tracy is like all about that, but the only thing really standing in her way is this is this manager Velma Von Tussle and her daughter Amber, who is the star uh, yes. of the Corny Collins show. Um, and and she's Amber is just like yes, yes. Amber is very threatened by her, um, in part because also the other star of the show, Link Larkin, the dreamy like mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. the dreamy boy on it, starts feeling attracted to Tracy. You know? Yes. Uh, and basically like everyone's trying to bang her like right away. Like, right, right, right. Everyone's like, <laughs> in the wow. Waters version. Oh yeah. Yeah. In the, in the John Waters version, it's literally just Tracy winning and winning and winning over and over again. Yes. Like there's, there's a lot less dramatic tension about like, will Tracy get the dreamy guy? Uh, like she just does like straight up. It, there's like no. Which I appreciated. It's, it's, it's the hornier version of it for sure. It, it mm. reminded me of our discussion of uh, West Side Story where it's like everyone's super horny at this one. Right. <laughs> oh my, even, even like the opening credits to the John Waters movie, like, Oh God, that's so funny. Also some, some of my favorite opening sh- credits. Yeah. Like yeah. they're just making out and then like running their hands <laughs> through each other's like hairspray to hair and then they can't get it through. So, okay. So Tracy gets on the show, 
But uh, uh, and then they ask her if she would uh, she would dance if she like believes in you know integration and dancing because because at this point there's a day where black people can dance and it's like one day a week I think it's like Fridays or Thursdays or something it's it's once it's once a month yeah I'm sorry once a month yes. Yeah. And it's hosted by Motormouth Mabel, who is kind of like a big musical influence in Baltimore, mm-hmm. specifically black Baltimore. And yeah, so yeah. it's right now the show's currently segregated. And yes, there's only one day of the month uh, where yeah. uh, black Baltimoreans can come on and dance on the show. Um, so they asked Tracy that and like it already sets Tracy up. It's just kind of being like in diametric opposition of what the management wants mm-hmm. and what mm-hmm. the sponsors for the show want. But but um, not Corny Collins. Corny Collins is on board. Yeah. He's like, yeah, that's where we're going. And then even yeah. the other, the lady who's the... Oh, Mink Stoll. Mink Stoll in, uh, the, yeah. in the 88 version. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Another John Waters regular is yeah. like, they're both like this little power couple that just want to see it um, desegregated really badly. Yeah. Um. So, so Tracy so blows Tracy, up. Everyone loves yeah. her. It's like the, the guy that, what's his name? I forget the character's name. There's a guy who owns like a plus size ladies oh, fucking uh, store. Mr. Uh, something hideaway hut. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Hurley's hideaway hut. Uh, something like wait, that. No, yeah. No, something like that. Yeah. So and he, he just sponsors sells, or like, he like Instagram sponsors her. He's yeah, right. <laughs> you're right, an influencer right, right. now, Tracy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> she gets to have a, an affiliation uh, on her blog with him. Uh, but yeah, he sponsors her. It's a plus size clothing store. And, uh, he also, meanwhile, convinces, uh, Tracy's mother, Edna Turnblad, who is very much like working class, like laundress, mm-hmm. um, in, in the musical, especially very shy and does not want to leave the house because she too is overweight and has not been out, you know, and is worried yeah. about people judging her. Um, Tracy kind of like gets her caught up into like this new world where she feels confident about herself by asking mm-hmm. her mom to be her manager. So like mm-hmm. they both get, glammed out but tracy's new like big hair has only gotten yeah. bigger and she gets sent to detention for that no and no no. In the original she goes to fucking I, special ed special, yes the original <laughs> i was about to say the original it's special ed and where like um the school is clearly just putting black students in there you know right. unbiased because it's 1962 in baltimore and that's kind of when tracy meets she meets uh seaweed stubbs who is motormouth mabel's son he kind of introduces her to this idea that actually, yeah, like the world's kind of fucked black, up right yeah. now. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a very, you may be fat, but with black people, it's a very different experience. <laughs> right. Exa- exactly. Right. 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 Uh, we get into some intersectionality here, but they become friends and they become seaweed friends. Is an incredible, yeah. Seaweed's an incredible dancer. She introduces him to Penny who immediately like has a crush on him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also the other issue is that Seaweed's little sister, little Inez, tries out mm-hmm. for the Corny Collins show and immediately gets rejected because she is a young black girl. Yeah. And so this all happens. Link is now like into Tracy and all of them go to Motormouth Mabel's house for a dance uh-huh. party. Where they all make out outside, too. And they say like right. the most cringe line of the entire movie, which I'm glad that yeah. they put in there. Because I felt yeah. like, and we'll get into it as far as like the differences between the 2007 one and 1988, but yeah, I can't yeah. remember if she, if she says it or Link, I can't remember who says it. Is Link say it or is Tracy says it? She's like, oh man, black people are so cool. It's just like, I, you know, my soul is black it's, and it's just like right, the exactly. most it's fucking Tracy. like, oh, it's Tracy <laughs> so saying it. cringe. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, and it's like intentionally cringy. Right. Like, that's the, way the point it's of it. Right, because, like, they see, like, they, they were listening to this one singer, and then it's the same actor playing just, like, you know, this this homeless guy walking past them, you know, yeah, in this, in this black neighborhood in Baltimore. And it's just, like, there's, like, this immense, like, empathy 
for this city in general and he yeah. walks by and then Tracy immediately goes like our like our skin might be white but our souls are black right. and then they just make undermines out. her and own it is, point <laughs> yes it is like it is like such a good like I was it's like a good, I it's oh, an man. important line I think that was missing yeah. in the sentiment of that and then this I, I don't think in the 2007 version they send her to special ed I think in that version, no. they just go to detention, which it's detention, those are yeah. two points that uh, I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. But I think those are two points that were like very important in the original that sort of yes. highlighted but, like how disgusting that era yes. really is. That was sort right, of glossed right. over in the newer version. But right. Like like the whole thing about like, uh, I, oh, I guess we should just like finish the summer. Yes, I'm sorry. You're right. That was yeah. my bad. I, I was I'm just excited. Like, no, I was about to go on another tangent. Uh, like, oh. <laughs> Like I, I hadn't watched the '88 one in so long, and it just—I was like, "Oh man, this movie, this movie is amazing." Yeah, I like the '88 <laughs> version. Anyway, so then they, yeah. she starts anyway, to try to integrate on TV. There's a lot of scenes of her on TV and then advertising mm-hmm. on TV and going back and forth, and then they're trying to hold this contest between Tracy and the mean, the popular girl Regina, whatever. Regina Amber, George. Amber, yeah, Regina, <laughs> Regina George. She's basically Regina George. Right. To, um, who's gonna win the fucking? Uh, what is it like, Miss Auto Baltimore? Yeah, uh, something in, in, or other. In, yeah, in the in the uh, John Waters, it's Miss Auto Baltimore, and then in the musical, it's Miss Hairspray. Um, yeah. So there's all these different and, events inside and outside the studio. They start protesting, yeah. and yes, there's protests outside of this theme park, which they're like holding in a, an event where there's like they're doing a mambo dance and yada yada yeah. yada, a bunch of, you know tension, 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 tension. Tracy gets sent to jail, or. Uh, and like in the stage, in the actual stage version, she gets sent to jail too. But like in the 2007 movie, they mm-hmm. just kind of skip that all together. Like that Tracy yeah. gets sent to some sort of like reform school or jail. Um, but then she gets like broken out and yeah. they sabotage this big, you know, competition. The finale competition yeah. where, where um, the, what's her name? The racist mom. I'm drawing a blank on her Velma. name. I'm sorry. Velma. Velma's basically like. Basically, like, if my daughter doesn't win, then we're going to blow up the fucking right, and, right. and has this like insane um, Mars attacks wig, yes. which is like hysterical. And then like has a swing door that like her husband played by Sonny Bono, like puts right. like a fucking and, and bomb. Debbie into. Harry is playing. Oh, right, right. <laughs> Debbie Harry is that right, one. Yeah, right. She's fantastic at that. But uh, yeah, so like it's, it, it diverges slightly in the show, but it's basically the same thing. They try to sabotage it. But, you know, you can't stop the beat as the song goes. Right. And, uh, you know, they successfully integrate the Courtney Collins show. Everyone dances. Uh, Tracy. But gets she the Tracy guy. doesn't win in the 2007 no. version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, little, that's the important distinction. Yeah. Yes, little Inez yeah. wins in the 2007 yeah. version. But in the original yes. version, Tracy wins. Right. And right. It's like. Cool. We want racism over. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they integrate the show and uh, is now like very vampy and happy. And yeah, we solved it. We solved all society's <laughs> solved problems. It. Yes, exactly. No more problems. Um, and yeah, uh, that's that's basically the plot of Hairspray. Yeah, and like and um, in the the so we talked about some of the differences between the two of them. Like, there's some structural differences. Like, most notably, the ending of like who you know her not necessarily winning in the 2007 sure. version of like the complete. Uh, contest and then some things happen later which I can mm. understand why they do them but okay so there's a lot to talk about yeah. um, let's start with to me like the sort of the biggest issue and and something I was really eager to talk to you about because I don't quite sure. know the full history and understand exactly what it is but it seems to sure. be and you know you and I tend to sort of like not go too deep into the problematic stuff because it's like very sure. obvious um, yeah yeah I mean, we're just sort of like, we don't need to necessarily get too far into this. I do feel like 
in the 2007 version of this film, it ten, it sort of undermines the entire spirit of what the movie is trying to be. So yeah. I did feel like it was necessary that we talk about it, which is, of course, uh, John Travolta in uh, a fat suit and in drag dressed up as Tracy's mother. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I was it it really. So two things. Right. Sorry. I'm. A, right. This is going to be different a little bit than how we usually do it, but because I just sort of wanted sure, to front sure, load sure. these things. But yeah, yeah, one thing is one thing is like it really it, obviously it, it's like in poor taste, I thought. But mm-hmm. it also just bothered me because I thought that like the point of it is to be about like, you know, it, to not dehumanize <laughs> a fucking a group of people. Right. And, and to have like the sort of butt of like the central joke of the movie to be like, isn't it stupid that like this idiot John Travolta dressed up like a fat woman, like right. ha ha ha. And it yeah, didn't it's... really honor the spirit of what it was. And and, and yeah. I was thinking about it cause I was like, why did they do this? Why did they mm. choose to do this? Cause you know, even again, problematic stuff sometimes is like a symptom of an era and you can kind of just sure. be like, okay, like I don't approve of it now, but like, you know, yeah. things were different. This felt to me anyway, very much like this was there. This was too late to get away with saying that this is like, well, right. it was just the time I felt like, no, maybe like 30 years earlier, but right. Like we, we survived shallow. Hal. did we not take away anything from, <laughs> you know, putting people in fat suits here? Um, obviously divine played Edna Turnblad and divine was, you know, kind of John Waters's muse here. And you mm-hmm. and I had talked a little bit about this, but like it, it, one of the things so, about Hairspray is that, it, like, especially the 88 movie, is that it's, in as much as it is a story about, you know, Baltimore in 1962 and, and desegregation and, and popular music, it also is just kind of about people who are on the um, outskirts yeah. of, of mainstream society just being celebrated here. And that's always kind of been celebrated as a word I put in quotation marks with John Waters because, you know, he loves to revel in bad taste like if you've ever seen female yeah. troubles where you know again divine is in drag playing a horrifyingly awful 16 year old girl <laughs> who just gets in all sorts of shit or you know whether she's eating dog shit at the end of um Pink Pink flamingos. Flamingos with, yeah with her friends who have like you know a basement sex dungeon like because <laughs> when i was thinking what i was watching it is okay this is the person that you know john waters loves and and that naturally that that's like a collaboration that they have and they're gonna make this movie and then when they made the musical uh, in whatever what was it, 2002 is when they made it. Yeah. That gets carried over and then that gets carried over into the film version. By the time it gets to the film version, it doesn't, to me anyway, feel like it's in that spirit. It yeah. feels much more like laughing at that thing rather than being like, why don't we give this kind of person a role? Because there are people like this that exist. We just don't highlight them. Well, yeah, like like I think when you see like... um uh, Harvey Firestein in the role. I think a mm-hmm. lot of the spirit of what Tracy or sorry, Edna is in the 88 movie carries over because Harvey Firestein is a larger man. Harvey Firestein is, you know, a, a huge part of the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's played not like a joke. It like Edna is a larger person. Harvey Firestein's a part, a, a larger person. You're not laughing, you know? Right. At, at that, uh, like the joke is like, look, he's there in a fat suit, you know, yeah. it is played with the kind, the same kind of, I think, sweetness that, which, you know, you don't see Divine being sweet in a lot of things, but Divine plays Edna so sweetly and like, just like demurely. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not like Monty Python drag where you're laughing mm-hmm. at the fact that it's drag. It's just being played as a person. And, um, also yeah, John I actually Waters, can't even think of any time I'm like laughing at him in the movie, <laughs> like dressed yeah, up exactly. his divine character. Right. Like, 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 that's not the joke. And it definitely becomes the joke when you have like John Travolta in a very obvious fat suit. Like, 
yes. constantly. Like, I don't know, like it, it does, it does feel a little mean. Um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I remember when this came out, the 2007 movie and I, and remembered enjoying it, but also not being a fan of John Travolta in this. And mm-hmm. it got like me, a lot of people would be like, what? It was so, so funny. And like, yeah, as I've gotten older, it only feels even meaner than it did yeah. to me originally. Especially not because they lean so hard into the message of trying to be, you know, kind of yes. like yeah. self-congratulatory of like, we are the good people who don't discriminate and we're not right. racist and like we're the good characters and these characters are good and we're nice and we right. voted for Obama two times and we're the best. Right, <laughs> right exactly. It also, it also does like um, in, in the 88 movie, one, the, the protests start... Um, with seaweed penny and little inez outside of the studio they are the ones that start like mm-hmm. yeah 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 this, this this protest against it and then the 2007 version there's like a scene where tracy's at like motormouth mabel's and she's like why don't you guys just march and it's just like oh you know like so okay so this is the other thing i was i was going to talk about too which is yeah which is 50s nostalgia right sure. yeah yeah and, right. and and there's a big difference between setting a movie or a, or a story or a musical, whatever, like, you know, any piece of media in the fifties sure. versus something that's like nostalgic for the fifties. Yes. Yeah. Yeah and, yeah. yeah. and as I think our generation in particular has been kind of force fed this fifties thing, like our whole fucking lives, like since we oh were my gosh. Like, like in middle school. Yeah. Um, from Happy advertising days, to TV. Yeah. Fucking yeah. the gap, like Brian Setzer orchestra, the swing, right. or not swing, but like the revival of a lot of that shit, like in yeah. the nineties. So like, I actually like really have like a visceral like rejection of fifties nostalgia, or like sure. I yeah. really hate it, and it just turns me off immediately. Sure. Uh, the only thing I think I can ever think of that I liked because it wasn't fifties nostalgia was something like Mad Men, which was just about like, Oh "Oh, yeah. Like everyone thinks this is like pretty, but these people are horrendously fucked up. Right. Like I appreciated that. And I think that the original hairspray, the 88 version falls much more in that camp of being like, this takes place in like late fifties, like early sixties. It's not about showing how beautiful and colorful and cool the outfits were. It's about like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah. Yeah. Like there's clearly like there's there's a lot of love for Baltimore, for like Baltimore sound music, for like the the, the, the fringe of Baltimore. But like it definitely is not concerned with nostalgia itself, like mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. or or putting nostalgia on a pedestal. And it's also way less concerned about, um, I guess, the feelings of its um, white viewers <laughs> as opposed yeah. to the musical where even like the Von Tussles at the end of the musical are just kind of like. No, it's okay. You can come dance with us, you know. Yeah. Uh, like that happens in the stage musical. I think it's only Amber in the 2007 movie who does it. But like the 88 version, like makes no mistake that like the Von Tussles are awful people who, right. <laughs> like, we don't need to coddle them. Even even like Penny's mother, who's awful in the musical, is like eight thousand times awful. She's almost just like. Um, I know the words played out and there's a lot of complexities around it, but like the care and language, like Penny's mother when she's oh, yeah. for Penny and is just terrified of like arrests her not- daughter and like puts yeah. her in a fucking like a, what is it? Yeah. A locked like screen door right, on her bedroom. Right. Yeah. And like, oh yeah. Also has like a therapist played by John Waters come in to like try and hypnotize her out of being in love with a young black man, you know, like it takes like the, the logical um, extreme of what these people think and puts it like out at its full ugliness, you know, and doesn't really, which, which to me is also a broader point of like 
it's not quite bird's eye view, but John Waters is looking at it like, who are these freaks to judge these other freaks? Sure, right, <laughs> almost, right, 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 almost, right, right. You know right. what I mean? It's like yeah. everyone kind of has like a thing, which is not to say that yeah. like everyone's like responsible in the same way. I just mean that sure. he does tend yeah, to have he, this like bird's eye view of like everybody. And he's sort of like, I'm not really part of this, but this is all interesting yes. to me. Yeah, it is like almost like um not an a- like a very, a very cool aliens point of yeah. view. Yeah, of, of he, he doesn't. Right. But whereas this this one tends to really have a very strong, although it claims to not have one, but it's clearly got like a very strong point of view of like, these are the good people and these are the bad people. Yeah, I 100 percent agree with that. And like, I <laughs> again, I started this like saying like, like, I, I, I do like a lot of this show. I am a fan of it. But like, you definitely see the seams of it in the 2007 movie, um, mm-hmm. or at, at least like the politics of it and just kind of like the inconsistent um, statement it's trying to make there. Um, but, but yeah, I think, I think we're, we're, we're in a, agreement here that like this okay. would be weird to talk about hairspray and not talk about these things because it, it sets yeah. itself like, yeah, like, as you said, it's one thing when something is, you know, problematic because of the era it was made in, but this was made in 2007, right. you know, and like it, it does, it has not aged terribly well. I'll just say that. Yeah. And, and I was looking up like, and it was pretty much like unanimous at the time. Like all the reviews were just like, this movie's great. It's like a fun romp. But I guess, again, it's interesting to think about it in terms of, uh, we talked about this a little bit in the first half of like, this is post nine 11 America. This is like in the midst yeah. of the war on terror. This is like when everything's super dark and yeah. people are probably just looking for like any reason to believe in something that's like even right. slightly positive. So there, I guess that's something to be considered as well. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it is like escapism, you know, it's just, yeah. it's, it's hard to have escapism when you want to make a very, um, I guess, still relevant issue of, of, of racism part of the message, you know, like, yeah, I think the 2007 movie wants to have its cake and eat it too. And then like, it yeah, it's exactly right. That's, that's what I was yeah. thinking. It wants to have its, it wants it both ways. It would dishonor our listeners, uh, fans of the, of the material and mm-hmm. us to, mm-hmm. to not point this out. Um, yeah, so I, I think I'm in full agreement here and yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been thinking about this all, all weekend. So I'm, I'm glad we're like talking about yeah. it here now. <laughs> so you, did you say that there was something, I forget if we talked about this on mic or off mic, but uh, about, um, John Waters saying, uh, that the mother always should be someone in drag or what was yeah, that, that John, bit that you John read? Waters had said something to the effect. It was, I think right around the time Hairspray Live came out and they had Harvey, uh, Firestein reprise his role as Enna for that. Um, and it, yeah, he plays it completely differently than John Travolta. It, it, John Travolta also has like this very comical Baltimore accent. Like mm-hmm. my, I'm ironing, you know, uh, like <laughs> it, it's just, it's so goofy when played by John Travolta and I don't know, like it doesn't quite work for me, but um, yeah, John Waters had said that like, Oh, Enna is always meant to be in drag. It's supposed to be a secret that the audience has, but that the world is not like, the world of which hairspray takes place in is not mm-hmm. cognizant of. And I don't know how, if he went any like deeper than that, but I also yeah. do know that he originally wanted uh divine to play both Edna and Tracy. And oh, uh, really? New Line, yeah. New Line cinema was like, no, that is not happening. <laughs> um, you know, John Waters is still just very invested in, in this idea of, of drag being transformative, but I don't know how much it plays out with again, John yeah. Travolta. Right. Right. Just fun fact. I did. I did want to, make sure I was clear on this before I came on and recorded, but divine, I guess. Cause I was like, what is divine? Like, is that was divine? Like a trans person was, it, cause I was like, so much of this stuff is really interesting when you look back at it. Sure. Cause you're like, mm-hmm. I didn't maybe like, I didn't have the vocabulary at the time to like understand mm-hmm. what it was, but I guess divine was sure. just considered himself 
before he died, yeah. which he died like right after this uh, was filmed. Yeah, but, this was his last role. Um, yeah, in, in a uh, film. Yeah, just so people know, it's like it's Harris Milstead's his real name. He considered himself yeah. a gay man who played the character of Divine, and he did identify yes. as a man. And, yeah. In in case that there is any um, Con- yeah, uh, yeah concern just, about misgendering just, or anything like that, I guess we're we're switching back and forth between you know Divine he and her. But as right. as far as what I know, it's like he considered that a persona, but he did consider himself a man playing a, a drag yes. queen role. Yes, yes. Thank you, thank you for bringing up and clarifying that. But um. So another thing I kind of wanted to talk about, which I'm curious what your thoughts were. Sure. Was the degree to which the original features. It's about Tracy watching television, being obsessed with television, being obsessed with media, not seeing herself on television. Yeah. Literally almost like if you were to look at it as a surreal way, like physically going inside the television becoming a character on the television that she watches all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the responsibility that she kind of brings with her as she becomes a character in that world. Sure. And so it, it, in a way I thought that like the original, because it, there's so much cutting back and forth to the actual TV studio. And like, there's a lot of like lips, not lip service, but there's a lot of service paid to them just showing be, what it means to be on TV and what the effect of that is to others. I felt like I understood why they changed it in the 2007 version in terms of film, because they're trying to give them like a third act, like something to build to where like now they're in the studio and they're seeing all this like big shit happening and stuff is, is going crazy. But I I thought that that was an interesting, at least in the original hairspray that I thought that was a point that seemed to be lost a little bit is that it's not just about inclusion. It's also about like the importance of seeing yourself on TV and what that does and how that changes things. And I feel like that's a very relevant topic now that people, young people in particular are like very interested in. It's super difficult because like, I I know everyone says like their criticism of, of the Broadway show and and of the movie is that it it, it sanitizes, you know, things to a a large degree. And I hadn't really thought about it in that way, but yeah, like um, I had said, yeah, this, this movie is just, the, the the 88 movie is just about Tracy winning like straight up and mm-hmm. even like so I, I loved this movie um, or loved this I, I was fascinated by this movie as as like a nine ten year old and I was I was um, a lot heavier at the time too mm-hmm. and I remember seeing Hairspray and uh, being like whoa this is like cool it's like the cool the cool fat girl like wins you know but like still also hearing that dialogue of like this movie is trashy you know so mm-hmm. I had a lot of like weird feelings about it growing up and uh but but thinking about it now when you when you put it that way like tracy what what i do love about the 88 version is like one how mean amber is Mm -hmm, like how mm -hmm. how ruthlessly mean like in a way that the 2007 one is because i feel like isn't rather because i feel like they don't want to hurt feelings like yeah yeah um like like it's some of the some of like the things that tracy is called are like fucking awful in the movie and also like amber is ruthless like there's like that one scene where they're slow dancing and she just goes whore like Mm -hmm. it is like and it is like so intense like that level of of bullying but also tracy yeah yeah, but also at vitriol but yeah but like tracy just kind of like letting it roll off her shoulders and you know persevering and like the thing about tracy in the 88 version in particular is she doesn't feel like like she's kind of just a dumb kid you know like she's not (laughs) particularly yeah she's a horny kid like she's (laughs) her only ambition like is like dance and that's kind of how she sees you know the world through this filter of like dance and music and then when things bigger than that come into her life you know like the way she's just so casual about the idea of like yeah yeah integration is like the thing you know i'm down for it you know um yeah 
Why not? And, and like, yeah, why not? Like, only because it comes in colliding with her world dance. Like, it is interesting to see, like, that kind of character existing. And, you know, the way it 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 transfers over to um, the 2007 slash Broadway show where, like, and uh, Edna doesn't have this struggle in, in the 88 version where, like, she doesn't want to go outside. Like, she's yeah. like, hey, mom, be my manager. And Edna's immediately on board and, like, Looking yeah. fabulous and she's much she's not more insecure. Uh, she's much more fragile in the in the new one. Yes. I know this is like everyone's saying this, but just can we fucking get rid of the fat suit shit? Like Jesus it's fucking so, Christ. So it's always been stupid and awful. And like the thing that like I I think crystallized it for me, especially as someone who always just like hated it, was seeing um I know we've talked about Tropic Thunder before, but you know the fake trailer Meet the Fatties. Um oh, right, right. that that like to me is like the epitome of like Every cruel, like, this is what you look like laughing at this stupid stuff, you know? Like, look, haha, see, it's just farts and fat suits. And, like, you're made to feel so dumb watching this trailer, you know? Yes. Like, and, like, I, that's, I, I would almost argue that that's the point is to be like, this is awful. Like, <laughs> yes, yes, no, no, that's exactly. Like, yes. Yeah. That's, that's the point that they're making. It's like, yeah. this is, this is the shit that you people love, yeah. you know? Like, <laughs> and what does that, you just like looking at fat people farting and you are dumb. Like, like, so, like, that's, that's what that whole thing feels like to me. And, like, yeah, like I, I, I had a hard time articulating when I was younger why John Travolta just rubbed me the wrong way in this. And like, yeah, it is just like there's so much of just like, look at John Travolta dancing in a fat suit. It's funny because he's not fat and you know him for dancing in Saturday Night Fever. Um, yeah, I, I don't like it's yeah, very it's, distracting. It is, I just it's hard for me to get past it. You know, I just. Yeah. And I and I so usually like, like I said, I'm just like I try to just be like, whatever, it's fine. It's enough. But I'm just like, no, I can't. I can't deal with this. I can't fucking deal with this. I like I sat here watching this going like is this a more competent film than Rock of Ages which also <laughs> Adam Shankman directed and I, you know my hard answer was originally oh for sure like Hairspray is a much better movie than Rock of Ages is but one again that that bar is very low and mm-hmm. two like watching it again I was just like there's something very disingenuous about this you won't hear me say this again I almost feel like it probably would have been better to have seen the actual stage show uh, yeah than, I know I part of me is the... like fuck we should have. Yeah. Well, I mean, not that we could have, but oh, I'll, yeah. I'll say this too. The other thing that, like, the dissonance I had for me was after I did watch the original one, I watched the uh-huh. original, um, uh, the original John Waters version. I was thinking about it, and I'm like, okay, this makes perfect sense to adapt into a musical. Oh, 100 percent. Because yeah, it, yeah. it has like a perfect structure for it. It's yeah. got like a very clear through line. It's yeah. got like, you know, at least characters that would be good on stage. Right. Everyone's uh, so and big and cartoony. Yeah. And like, at least the spirit of it is sort of to the idea of like, you know, this is the stage and this is for people who aren't necessarily like, you know, seen as perfect everywhere else. And like this is our right, own little right. enclave of something that we've created. So I, I, I as much as I'm criticizing it quite heavily, uh, <laughs> yeah, sure. I do. I do totally get it yeah. as far as like from your, my, the objective kind of. Like, you know, money grabbing, like, oh, let's just like make a Broadway show and like make something right. that be six years old. It does make perfect sense. I I, yeah, I will yeah. not fault it for that. I can't be like, how did this get made? I'm like, yeah, no, this yeah. makes perfect sense why they would like somebody would do this, I think. Yeah. Nick was sitting and watching the John Waters version with me and he was just like, Oh, holy fuck, this absolutely like would make a great musical. Like yeah. the movie yeah. the movie itself uses music so well too. Like yes. um like it's just it's such a great love letter too. Like early 60s like r&b and pop and and yeah that top of the chart stuff like it's done really like it it really highlights the music without saying like 
this era is great, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. It, it, there's a fondness for the things that were good and actually creative and, and yes. drove society to a more progressive, I say with air quotes, because it's yeah. 2022 and look where we are, but like, um, w- without like being too precious about the people themselves, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but like, yeah, like the movie uses music so well that, yeah, 100%, like this has the perfect structure. For uh, yeah. It's like, obviously you would do this. Yeah. I was like, it's, it's, it's already done for you almost. Yeah. And again, I, again, I'm kind of like, Oh shit, we really should have watched the NBC live version. But at the same time, I think this is a very interesting conversation about a- a- adaptive distillation of yeah. things, you know, <laughs> like, I don't think we would have had the same conversation that we've had about hairspray if we had watched just the 2017. And I would imagine more people are familiar with the film version of 2007 yeah. than they are with hairspray live. As far as like the broader impact it's had on culture. Yeah, exactly. As we said, it, 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 it did very well for itself. It made like 200 million. Yeah. It made a shit ton of money. Um, I remember that was how a lot of people I knew saw hairspray for the first time was the movie version of the musical. So, yeah. And the songs are good. I, I I won't, you know, I won't, I won't like, you know, put those down necessarily. I think they are, I could see that like they're catchy. This is, this is my takeaway, right? It's like the songs are catchy. It's bright and colorful. Mm -hmm. It's somewhat of a feel good thing of like, you get to go there and watch it and then feel really good about yourself because you also would have integrated on TV because you're not a, you don't have a fucking room temperature IQ. Uh, Right, right, right. Exactly. Yeah, It is very like 2000s feel good. Like self-congratulatory. Yes. Yeah. Meanwhile, people are in fucking, you know, indefinite prison at the same time and we're overthrowing countries and whatever, but that's, car batteries on people's testicles, you know, like America (laughs) solved its problems. Yes. Uh, as we've launched a massive war in Iraq, but, uh, (laughs) yeah, like, but, but, but man, yeah. Like the music I, I do really, really love. Like, I think Mark Shaman wrote really, really good homages that are still like their own things. I, Mm -hmm. I really do like the score. Like that is my big takeaway from this. I'm like, that score is hella fun <laughs> like it's a good there's some good songs i even liked as much as i thought it was like dude okay like scale it back a little bit because you guys are not mm-hmm. like solving racism but the song yeah. where they're on the march i thought was actually really good uh oh yeah 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 song called i know where just the- as a right, right just as a song yeah. it was like i was yeah. like oh this is a very well-written song it was very powerful yeah. it's like yeah that's the power of, and you know ultimately you can make an argument of like okay this is actually kind of interesting, right? Is like if the lyrics sort of address it and the music is powerful and like, mm-hmm. doesn't that kind of supersede whether or not the movie ended up being something that sort of undermined all those things. It's almost like these two things sure. are in contrast. It's actually kind of an interesting, I, I don't think we've had this on the show for at least like, you know, as far as I've been on this, which is, I guess all episodes, mm-hmm. but <laughs> I, can't, <laughs> yeah, right. I can't remember another one where I'm like, actually I kind of thought like it, it, it's at conflict with itself. It's really, yes. it's a really strange Strange piece. It's a strange musical yes. for me in that sense. Yeah. Like you watch the 1988 version and you take away the same. You could see that they are both trying to say the same message to some extent. Yeah. But like the, the 88 movie for me is like so much better at, at doing that. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. Part of it in having to like, I guess, make its audience feel good about itself and Broadway, yeah. like the, the demographics are always going to be skewed towards, you know, older white audiences and mm-hmm. like. Uh, and, and what's family friendly and you take a, a, even though it is John Waters doing a PG movie and then it's not, not family friendly. Like I would have no problem showing this to like sitting here watching it with my kid, you know? Yeah. 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 It's not concerned about the comfort of its audience and the musical absolutely is. Yeah. You know, as much as I'm like, we should have done the NBC version. I am like, no, actually this is like, I think the conversation that, that, that needs to be had and and why you adapt something for the stage. What are you taking from it and how are you saying it? You know? 
uh, I think Hairspray makes a great case study for that. So, yeah, I have to say, I, I really enjoyed this. I thought this was like a really different kind of it, it sparked a lot of questions that like I hadn't even. Yeah. Yeah, I, I still enjoy the musical. I will I will leave it at that. But like also like it is a mess. And the, the 2007 <laughs> version in particular uh, is um, incredibly messy. It's like when you take something that was a cult hit and then put it into another niche market, but a niche market that is like a little bit more sanitized and yeah. then that succeeds and then it gets adapted by the, you know, the machine, a.k.a. New yeah, Cinema. Yeah. Uh, like just how much of what is compelling about it kind of gets lost um and i think hairspray is a really good example of that yeah yeah for sure interesting interesting stuff angie interesting 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 zach efron was a lot of fun though i will say one last thing (laughs) yeah this is what people hated him too because he was still like doing like the high school musical like teeny bopper thing and i'm like haters gonna hate yeah it's like he's great james marston just let him be in musicals that's all that man wants to do (laughs) And uh, as much as I dug out John Travolta, the line, Link, your pork is ready, is like burned into my brain. So I will give that to John Oh, Travolta. and the Jerry Steller, who looks exactly the same, playing oh, right. the yes. leader. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's Mr. Pinky. Mr. Pinky is his Mr. name. Pinky, comes to the right. end of the show. Mr. Pinky's hefty hideaway. Uh, but yeah, like that he shows up again playing Mr. Pinky and looking exactly the oh, same. Oh, we didn't even fucking like, talk about Christopher Walken, which is, I know. Like, Jesus Christ. Uh, what a use of Walken. Again, yeah. a man that just wants to do musicals. Like... Christopher Walken's like always great. But yeah, so hairspray. It's something. Hairspray. It's something. Lots yeah. of, uh, we had lots of thoughts and opinions. And yeah. maybe you guys do too. Probably. Yeah. I imagine you guys might have thoughts. Yeah. Uh, go ahead and tell us those thoughts. We are Please. at Musical Splainin' with no G on Twitter. Musical Splainin' with a G on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I am at Kavitaharian on Twitter and at Permafriends on Instagram. And uh, I am in Y Angelina Y on Twitter and Angelina underscore C on Instagram. Yes. And uh, please, uh, we say this every episode, but if you guys enjoy the podcast, please leave us a good review. It does help us. Uh, I know schools are doing hairspray. If you've been in a production of hairspray, let's let's see it. Let's let's see uh, it. Yeah. Also, yes. Yes. Also, always, uh, as always, share us or share with us, you know, any pictures you might have from productions. But please leave us a good review. Please follow those sponsor links. Sponsor links, sponsor links. They help us. If you know anybody, if you have friends, I don't. But if I did, I would send them. You know, <laughs> I'm not your friend. I guess I'm your friend of me. I have. I said friends, uh, like plural. Oh, I don't have oh, sure. I am your yes. only friend. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, guys, thanks for listening. S- stare at a wall. Uh, don't use hairspray. It's bad for the environment. Fuck. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But boy, does it look good. <laughs> <laughs>